Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Becky, what's the topic this time? <laughs> I know you're laughing at me and I know you want me to start because the topic is time management. And I literally uh, have a deficit in time management. So I'll be happy to share uh, a little bit about that and wait, try to uh, accommodate myself but I can't wait to hear what you have to say because I will be taking notes. Um, Lisa, in, in my own case, interestingly, as an adult, I wrote to my elementary school to find out um, my, some, some IQ test scores because I was majoring in special ed and I, and I understood what all of it meant and I knew I had gone through the full you know, range of tests, et cetera. So I just thought I was intellectually curious and they did send me my report. And so, uh, you know, without going into detail about any of it, one of the recommendations, <laughs> let's just say I do have a very, very big verbal and performance scale IQ split. And one of the recommendations in black and white, when I was in third grade, it said, Becky will continue to need support managing time and materials. And I really laughed out loud when I read that because a, nobody ever gave me support in that. Maybe I'd be better at it. Um, but managing time, you know, it's just an abstraction. It's hard for me. And it is, um, I'm a very verbal person. I am, you know, I, time is just feels artificial to me. It gives me anxiety when people try to schedule a meeting at a certain time because I, then I just perseverate over trying to remember that I have that meeting. Um, so I share all of that because most people don't necessarily feel that, but we know that kids with learning disabilities in particular would feel that and would probably likely experience it. <clears throat> and there are some basic things to do. One is know thyself and, you know, again, advocate for yourself, set things up in a routine, look for things, simple things like learning to use a timer. Even, thank goodness for cell phones, because I set timers now, even if it's just to do something simple, I will set an alarm in my phone to go off, to remind me, you know, not 10 minutes before, because then I'll still forget. Two minutes before anything I'm going to do, a timer goes off. I often set one timer for 15 minutes before the event. And then I said another one for two minutes before the event, especially in this day and age of Zoom. If I'm going to be hopping on a Zoom call, I set it 15 minutes early so that I can at least brush my hair. But then I've moved on to something else and I got I to gotta be reminded two minutes earlier. So as a teacher or a parent, I strongly recommend that everyone teach children the best way to accommodate themselves when it comes to time. Timers are the easiest thing, and that's, that's what I rely on. And I know it sounds simple, but it's got to be so procedural or it won't work. Well, and I'm laughing at you because you really are extremely productive. And when you, you're, you're like a stealth bomber. When you get into something, it's like, everybody get out of the way because she's coming in for a landing. But, but I think what's also funny is you really have created, if that's a deficit, but you've created a pattern that I know, and you're really good to communicate with folks. So you've used your verbal strength. Like, you know, I don't email you. I don't even call you. I usually text you. You respond better to text than me. And you tell people that. And I think that's another thing. Whatever your style is, let people know know. 
Whereas you well know, I'm good to let people know that I get really stressed if you make me wait till the last minute. <laughs> it's not my turn. You work well in a crunch. And I do think that makes for a good team. Most people who know us individually, when they meet us and think we work together, they're a little confused by that. But I think it's also something to think about partnering. So your student, your young adult with a disability, make sure they're partnering with people that have different strengths because you sure don't want to have a whole group of people who can't spell hanging out together, or you sure don't want to have a couple, a whole group of introverts hanging out together, nor do you want a whole bunch of people that are risk takers that aren't in positive influence to each other. So I think that's the first thing in time management is, is to take care of each other. Um, since we're sharing third grade report cards, I'll bet you can guess what mine said. Lisa should talk less. <laughs> <laughs> and so here we are making a podcast, super easy. Um, but it also, you know, said that I really did like to be in a leadership role. And, and I know that about myself. I don't mind following, but I struggle in following people that I don't think have the same philosophical thinking or the same target. And so again, another good example of knowing yourself for time management. I think my biggest time management tip is I just don't waste it with trivial stuff. Um, mm. I don't get caught up in petty things. If I do, I, I vent really quick. Like you might be my first phone call always when something's bugging me. And then I try to move on really fast. Um, I think the other big tip for me for time management is I love this one minute time manager. It's something that I have a sabbatical and yes, I'm nerdy enough. It was a time of cassette tapes. So let's date us here a little bit. And I checked it out from the library. Again, remember the, the public library has great books and resources that you can go and get, you can listen to, they're free. You can even get them during this time online. And I listened to that tape literally once a month. And I think the best advice I got from it is that doing a time analysis. Uh, I literally thought I had a 40 hour week and uh, at that time it was still answering the phone and picking up voicemail, not quite as much email. And I did a time analysis and I was really shocked in a 40 hour week, less than 10 hours was my own. And so what I started doing is saying, all right, if I really only have 10 hours a week that I'm in control of, I'm only going to give myself tasks for 10 hours a week. Because I think as humans, we think it's a 40 hour work week, we should be able to do 40 hours of work. Well, somebody stops by, somebody needs a form sign, uh, this is a crisis. And, and I just found that my job was so intense that I had 10 hours. And so when I stopped scheduling more than three things a day, and I started assuming that I only had 10 hours a week to produce something new, I stopped being so frustrated. And I think if you're like me and you're a time management freak, it's just as easy to be frustrated by trying to do too much as for you, the structure of time really frustrates you in different ways. But so I think it does go back to knowing thyself. Um, but those are a couple of quick tips. You have some other thoughts there? I have a couple more to share, but I don't want to ramble on too much since my teacher told me I talk too much. <laughs> I, I do have a, a couple of other thoughts, especially as it relates to, to kids. Um, and again, even I'm not even kidding as a parent, I have to set a timer on my phone to remind myself to go remind my kids to do things. So uh, I, I, I am trying to teach my kids that same system. Unfortunately, they have the same general profile that I do. So it's just, we're a real happy group, you guys. So if that counts for anything, you are we're the happiest people I know. You know no that's worries. just about time in my house. So that's the good news. However, um, as again, as a functional skill, because honestly, managing time is a functional skill. And increasingly, as jobs change, as our society changes, 
people have to be able to manage their own time to be fully productive. I know, Lisa, you've read, I'm sure, all, all of the changes. People will be increasingly independent contractors. You can't, you can't make money as an independent contractor if you don't show up, if you don't put in the hours, if you don't do the work for the number of hours that you're contracted to do the work. So I'm going to take a little bit different tack on this whole idea of time management and think about this idea. You mentioned the word productivity. <clears throat> I mentioned that you're highly productive. One of the reasons and one of the things that I learned from you early on was this idea of accomplishing certain things by certain points in the day. So, so waking up and having in your mind a plan of this is what I'm going to accomplish before eight o'clock. If I'm, a, if I'm a student, if I'm a kid, what are the basics? And it doesn't even matter. If you're trying to encourage your child at home to learn to manage his or her time, just be very intentional about time and use things like, what are we going to accomplish by 10 a.m., guys? Let's make sure we have the kitchen clean and we have um, a, a, a mid-morning snack ready, you know, but setting a goal around time, even if it feels a little bit contrived, I think it's a good way to get kids to start thinking about it and learning to manage it. Yeah, and I'm laughing because uh, we're getting ready to move and, you know, Mother's Day is coming. I've been cleaning out all those beautiful artwork, you know, all that finger painting my son did. I told him if he ever became Picasso, I have burnt his, his early works. Um, but I was laughing the most because it was a Mother's Day card. And it was obviously like first grade. What does your mom like? What is she good at? And it says what your mom doesn't like. And it said ever being late. It didn't just say being late, but it said ever being late. <laughs> I was like, okay. So he did know early on time was important. And I think that's important to say, because I know it's equally, you, you joke about time, but it's equally important that your kids don't miss deadlines. And, and I think as young adults, that's where you want your, your, your young adult to get to. But as a child with a disability, again, it's easy to say, oh, but they're just not ready to learn. Again, that's where I go back to comparing peers. And so I have three small things to think about. One is, I think at a very young age, having a three-hour window. Like, what are we going to do in the next three hours? You know, we're going to get dressed. We're going to get in the car. I'm going to drop you off at school, and I'll pick you up at lunch. Whatever that might be. So in the next three hours. Whereas I think when, you're, when you're young, your child becomes more of a young adult and adolescence, having a three-week window, you know what? You've got karate every Tuesday and Thursday. Like I plan out the next three weeks just so I know what landmine is coming. And it's like, oh yeah, three weeks from now, I have to be out of my house. Or three weeks from now, I need to take my driver's license test so that I'm starting to think about those things. Or three weeks from now is my nine-week course exam that I have to pass to graduate. Those are the kinds of things that I think we do too late sometimes for kids with disabilities. And then we all get in a panic. So that's, that's my one big win. My second one is I live and die by Alexa or Google Home. Uh, even me, who's extremely organized, uh, I set reminders all the time, especially in this weird environment where my structure is a little bit gone. You know, don't forget at 3 p.m. to do this or to do that. And then I know you and I are a big believer, and I know many of our students are using the Pomodoro method. And the rule is 25 minutes on task, 10 minute break, five minute break, somewhere in there. I actually believe if your child's really young, do 10 to 1. 10 minutes, one minute off. So again, you're teaching them 10 minutes 
is, is starting to persevere. And I think that's what time management is, is that perseverance. You have amazing perseverance. You always go across the finish line. You just run really fast at the end. I tend to run at, at a different pace. And whatever the strength is of your child, if they're a last minute person, I think that's a good thing. But again, giving them that structure and keeping in mind, we always want to accomplish more than we really can. Don't assume you can clean the house, brush their teeth, get them out the door, get their clothes ironed. I mean, I, my list is always too long and I've learned less is more for time management. I think, I think that's, an important, that's an important point because I, I intentionally make my list too long and I'm very forgiving of myself when I don't get everything. I move it to my next chunk and I feel fine about it. But that's, but that's part of it too. And that's also a skill because you do, you know, I do like to set, set goals that, that will keep me motivated. You mentioned, Lisa, that idea that some of us are sprinters when it comes to time. I think, I think a lot of people sprint. It's just the difference in when you sprint. Mm -hmm. So what we do know um, physiologically is that some people uh, use time as a motivator. And for some people, it, it literally is a, it's a physiological release of, of this endorphin that some people get when the assignment is given. Like, oh, let me get that done because if I don't, I'm going to feel anxiety as it gets closer to the deadline. But for other people, you don't even get that release. You really don't get that kick until it's almost there. And that deadline, that impending deadline doesn't cause anxiety. It's what actually releases that big energy rush that makes you able to do it. And I think a lot of people, I, I know a lot of people in teaching are, are the types who have used, you know, planning a, a consistent method of, of getting things done and, and, and staying on track and, and, and being well prepared. But for those of us who are more deadline driven, uh, we still produce, uh, we just, the important thing is to know that you have to build in a consistent pattern so that you are reliable. And as you know, and as we joke about, you are exactly right. I am sprinting at the end, but I can't even get my thoughts all together mm -hmm. until the end is very near. Mm -hmm. It's really literally hard for me to do that. And my final actual tip and tool, interestingly, because I'm very much of a technology person, but because of this visual perceptual difference, I use, I literally every year go and buy a big desk calendar and I tape it on my wall and I handwrite in marker because if it's in thin line pen, I will not see it. Mm -hmm. I write big things on a calendar for myself. It's not attractive, but I have to do it because I will otherwise, like if I don't see it, I have to see it every day to really get it in my mind and have something cemented in my mind so that I will not miss important deadlines. I just tape up an, a regular desk calendar. It has to be big enough that I can read it from across the room and I will look at it all day. And that's, you know, that's, that's a way that I accommodate what truly is a visual perceptual difference. Well, and for me, I'm a techie person too, but it's got to be paper. And I have the three week out and I have then each day of the week, three things I'm going to accomplish. 
I'm actually, believe it or not, very forgiving because I, I number them one, two, three. Uh, and if I don't get to three, I'm like, all right, that gets moved maybe to the next day as a one. But what's funny is I, I have to, my adrenaline rush comes from marking it off. I'm going, yep, one, yep, two. And when I get to three, it's like, woohoo. So I guess yeah. I run a sprint every day and, and find that same adrenaline rush. But I think that's what you have to do for for your child with a disability is not assume somebody's going to figure it out for them. It has to be figured out for themselves. My son is a note maker, note taker. My husband is not. And yet they both are very successful and get things accomplished. So think about the people in your life. Um, boy brain, we know, uh, tends to do things in a little bit different way than the female brain. And so if you're a mom, uh, think about what might look different in those, those realms. But I do think the biggest thing is to use time as a motivator but don't use time as an anxiety producer to the level that you're dysfunctional. I think that's the ultimate piece of time management. So thanks for joining us today. And if you have a tweet for us, please send it to at Access Practical.